Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by Human Improvement CEO, Josh Campbell, COO, Jason Brown, and marketing lead, Miley Minardi. Josh started his career in finance before shifting into several retail roles at Starbucks Coffee from 2012 to 2014. Since then, he has taken on a series of leadership roles at several health and wellness-focused companies, including Sage Natural Wellness, Amplifon, and Dosis. Jason is a trader turned COO who held previous roles at Poland Gear, a sustainable packaging company, and Green Lane, a leading cannabis distributor. Together, Josh and Jason started Human Improvement in 2019. Human Improvement is known for their protein powder called High Protein. High is clean ingredient filled with prebiotics and plant fiber for the gut, sustainably packaged, paleo, keto, organic, and lastly, made of cricket-based protein. Yes, you heard that right, cricket protein. A lot more to come on that topic. Jason, Josh, Miley, welcome to Subscribing to Wellness. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having us. We're very excited to be joining you. Huge fan of human improvement and high protein. Could you just start for our listeners, just first giving your guys' background before human improvement? What led you to want to start this kind of company and where you guys are at today? Got it. So Josh, I'll start off. My background is originally uh, in finance. I'm a recovering accountant and always had the passion to go on the brand side and, and build brands that consumers love. So you had a chance to to be early at a juice and smoothie concept, which we sold. I worked for a small coffee company called Starbucks for a number of years. Uh, exited a company called Sage Natural Wellness and most recently with uh, Dosist here in Los Angeles. So always industries with a heavy stigma on them where we've used brand and marketing to, to really change the narrative of an industry. Uh, and this is Jason. My background uh, also was in finance. I'd like to say I'm a re- recovering finance person. I worked in the hedge fund industry for 10 years. I just sort of took a look at where that industry was going and how I felt about it and decided there was much better and more productive uses of my time than continue to work in the finance world. After looking at a lot of different opportunities out there, I decided I wanted to work in a small business in a more operational role and try and you know create some real good in the world. The first thing that I worked on was a company that was at the forefront of designing and manufacturing child-resistant packaging for the cannabis industry, which I worked on for a couple of years and sold. And then after working on a number of other projects, I was introduced to Josh and he was talking about human improvement protein and the idea behind it. And it was another one of those light bulb moments where it really resonated with me both from a product perspective, but also the good it could do in the world. Just on that note, and you gave a little bit there on kind of like the motivation behind high protein and and human improvement. Did you guys just come across like a strong insight one day that, that made you realize that the protein industry fundamentally was just unhealthy and kind of filled with artificial ingredients across kind of the lead brands or what was like the aha moment? Because I think I personally, like I've been a, you know, I've been a user of gold standard protein for an example, and I've, I've been digging lately and it's taken me a long time to realize that maybe 
some of these brands that I've kind of used commonly aren't aren't very good for me in the end of the day. When did you guys kind of come across that insight and where do you stand on the protein industry in general from like a powder and supplement perspective? We just didn't realize there was an alternative, quite frankly, like the upset stomachs, gas, bloating and things like that. Those seem like part of the course. And for me personally, I spent the last eight years in Vancouver, home of Vega. And so I would always consume their proteins. And oh, I always felt tired and lethargic after having it. And so we just knew there had to be a better solution out there. Yeah. And as you just mentioned, especially on the optimum side of things, traditionally, the industry has been very way focused. And I think there's been a lot of side effects that people don't realize are driven by their protein powder, whether it's their gut health, hormonal issues, bloating, digestive problems, acne. They don't realize that it's driven by their protein powder because it's not just the way, as you said, you started to look at the ingredient panel. For some of these protein powders, it's you know, 40, 50 ingredients long with a lot of uh, ingredients that you can't understand or pronounce or have absolutely no idea what they are because they're you know, cheap artificial fillers that keep the cost down and are generally harmful. And as far as an aha moment, I mean, I personally had one when I tried the product for the first time. I, I mean, that's why I, I feel so strongly about the brand and the product because it truly was something different and something new for me. I played sports all through college and I'd never been able to find a, a protein source that I could actually digest and actually made me feel good. I truly thought that I never was going to have a protein powder. And I think there's a lot of people out there who feel similarly that, that just associate taking protein powder with feeling poorly. And when I had the, the first early versions of human improvement for the first time, it was, it was literally a game changer. It's like, oh my God, I, I literally didn't know that something could actually make me not only not feel bad, but feel really good. And it's truly, really helped me take my own personal fitness to the next level. And I've never been one of those people trying to set PRs or trying to push, push the boundaries. Um, and I think part of the reason was, you know, I didn't have the proper nutrition to help, help me drive myself to those levels. So actually having a protein powder that I can use has, has been a huge improvement to me as a human. I love that. Taking just one step backwards for our listeners that aren't necessarily familiar with the product, it's a cricket-based protein powder. And I would love to kind of dig a little bit deeper into cricket. It's not something that we talk about that much. Crickets are made up of about 70% protein in both their whole and powder form making it just like this perfect protein ingredient. And your specific protein blend, the human improvement blend is so clean and packed with so many nutrients with very little additives to it. And I want to hear kind of a little bit about what led you guys to crickets. You really started at a high level. We were looking through all these alternative proteins that were out there right now and looking at Beyond Meat, Impossible Foods, and, and just realizing how much processing actually went into them. We were pretty shocked. And so when we started asking around to food scientists and said, like, hey, like, what are we missing here? Like, there's got to be something better. And the quick response was like, yeah, there absolutely is, but don't even try it because people in North America are never going to eat insects. And, and their, their conclusion was like, yeah, insects are actually a phenomenal solution. You know, they're, they're consumed by 2 billion people a day as their protein source around the world is really just, just the Western culture that hasn't adopted them because it's really been a marketing problem rather than a product problem. So that was a really interesting insight coming from, you know, having, having built businesses that, you know, that when someone tells you not to do it, that's usually a good, that's a good indicator. If there's a stigma associated with it, be that, you know, cannabis, essential oils or, or coffee. 
And so that was really the spark that, that got us to dig into it. And we saw what was on the market right now, Italy, and, and for the last, I would say, five years, and that there was so many products out there that were really telling an ingredient story, right? They were, they were doing cricket chips. There were some cricket proteins out there. Cricket powder, cricket flour was out there as well. And, but all of them had insects on their packaging and kept saying bugs, bugs, bugs. And we just thought that was a really weird way to approach the narrative. So it's kind of like if, if you were to think about collagen, you know, if people were saying, hey, here's some ground up cowhide, do you want some? The answer is probably no. But if you say, hey, here's vital proteins, well, yes, obviously that's a huge success. So Kurt was really smart with the way he did that. We said, well, that's a very similar playbook here, but with an with a ingredient with, that has much higher efficacy and much higher nutritional value than, than simply a collagen product. Taking a step back and when we think about it as a pure protein source, you know, it's no secret that, well, I, actually, I think to a lot of people, it probably is a secret, but, you know, whey is a byproduct of the dairy industry. And as we've been better and better and better educated over time, you know, the livestock industry is one of the largest contributors to climate change out there. So any sort of diversion from a protein perspective that we can do for people and get them comfortable with is a huge actual positive contribution from a sustainability side of things. And then, you know, going back to where Josh started at the alternative protein side of things, there's an incredible amount of misinformation around I would say consumer perception about what's healthy and what's not in that space. Cause a lot of people say, Oh, it's not meat. It's healthy. When in reality, process ingredients and the actual nutrition value of a lot of what's out there in the, in the alternative protein space is actually quite bad for you, you know, and the way we like to think about it, especially with alternative protein versus, you know, traditional animal protein is like Coke versus diet Coke, where, you know, is diet Coke better for you than Coke? Yeah. A little bit. Is it, good for you? Absolutely not. And that's why we were so astounded when we really dug deep and looked into the cricket protein side of things. We're like, oh my God, here's this, this completely all natural superfood that's been around for thousands of years. That's so high in all of these different nutrients. And it's actually really good for you and sustainable. It was like on, it checks so many different boxes. And the only real thing that's holding it back from wider acceptance is you know cultural stigmas that only exist in such an actually small subset of the world. Totally. And I think you both were alluding to this about the, the stigmatization around crickets. And I think that's a huge pain point in how we as humans or just consumers are adopting this new type of protein powder. I'd love to hear about the marketing efforts that are being made and how you guys are differentiating yourselves and positioning yourselves as a brand that's not necessarily in your face crickets, because obviously that's going to hold some issues with the consumer. And I'd love to hear if you could tell our listeners, paint them a picture a little bit about what you look like on the shelf, because I think it differentiates you guys quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I can jump in here, Miley, from the marketing side of things. Kind of as mentioned before, you know, whether that's like the gold protein or just the whey proteins, there's been a big focus from the fitness industry on focusing on protein for the macro. So people look at the number of grams of protein, they don't really flip it around and care what's in it. So I think our approach is to focus less on the exterior impact of protein and more on the overall nutritional benefits. So when you see the packaging, it's not in the traditional plastic tubs with scoops. 
thin, fully recyclable packaging that looks quite different. It has a big welcoming high on the front because, again, we're not trying to be a cricket company. We think cricket protein is an incredible step forward for sustainable nutrition. But we want to make that super welcoming for people and not scary about where the protein comes from. It's much more about helping people take one step in their day-to-day life that can be better for the planet and better for their bodies. Very no, super clear. And and I also noticed your guys' strong commitment to sustainable packaging. And I think compared to a lot of the packaging and just the formats that we see within the the protein powder space, you guys are uh, you know, very far ahead from a sustainability perspective, which I'm sure is, you know, an additional functional benefit beyond just the fact that this is coming from crickets to really drive consumer engagement. I think I want to dive a little deeper into like the nitty gritty behind some of the manufacturing. And I'm just curious to ask a few questions related to the process. So, I mean, in my head, are you guys buying crickets kind of in bulk from wholesaler cricket sellers, kind of the same sellers that would be selling maybe crickets to other companies that need to feed animals and then grinding them up into a powder that's ultimately ends up kind of in the the protein formula? Or what are you actually doing from a manufacturing perspective with the crickets? So we've partnered with the only organic cricket farm in North America. Uh, They're based outside of Toronto. Partnered with them to really drive forward sort of clean processing in a way to make it, again, the most consumer-friendly product we, that we possibly can. Their facility is uh, certified food safe and has all of, the, all of the certifications you could ever want. And they're actually been raising tons of capital to continue to increase production. And one of the big things that's going into that is you know, making these fully automated and even continuing to improve upon the already very impressive sustainability metrics that come with raising crickets with, you know, uh, we haven't really touched on it much, but, you know, crickets emit 99.99 less greenhouse gases than traditional livestock protein. Uh, They require a tiny, tiny fraction of the land, the water and the feed to raise. So basically per pound of protein, to get out of sort of these raised crickets, it's such a tiny, tiny amount of the resources necessary versus the traditional protein sources that we're, that we're used to. No, that's awesome. And so if I took like a hundred crickets and threw them in a smoothie blender and kind of just grinded them up, would I be pumped about how that tasted? Or is that like a barrier that you guys have had to like overcome with kind of flavor additives or how do you approach that part of the product itself? So the, the funny thing is, I think a lot of people are much more afraid of the flavor than they should be. And we've done this sometimes. People are like, okay, well, we'd love to try a cricket. And what does it taste like? And I, everyone's so surprised. It's a very it's a very mild flavor that's similar to, you know, some nuts like a hazelnut. And especially ground up in powder, it's got a little bit of an earthy flavor, but it's nothing that's particularly distinguishable. And if you look at our ingredients on the back of our package, you can see we're not hiding it with anything crazy, anything out of the ordinary. Um, That was one of the things that we strove to do where you see a lot of products out there have tons of gums in there, but they flavor maskers, other things to try and either hide what tastes bad in their product or to just overall enhance the taste of their product sort of at the expense of the nutrition. And we really strove uh, as we've mentioned a few times, to use just the cleanest, most recognizable ingredients because there's nothing to hide in there. And in fact, we have many of our customers who say it's the best protein powder they've ever tasted. Rachel, I have a question for you, actually, before you go ahead. Over or under 
40 crickets and 21 grams of protein. Rachel, what do you think? Under. Under. Tell us, Jason, how many crickets and 21 grams of protein? It's definitely over. However, we haven't really touched on this part either. Our product isn't just cricket protein. It's actually a blend of cricket protein, pumpkin protein, pea protein, and brown rice protein, all of which are organic, because we do actually think it's incredibly important to have a diverse diverse protein uh, sources, both to get the most amino acids and also the most complete micronutrient profile in a product. So going off of that, who are the main people that are consuming this? Are they paleo? Are they dairy-free? I can jump in here. We have kind of a mix. We actually have a lot of consumers that are fully vegan, which we were surprised on when we launched the brand last year. We're like, okay, we get it. We're not going to get the full vegans, but we'll get people who try to be plant-based or the paleo keto market. But actually a ton of vegans don't, for them, because of the sustainability and the ethical side of crickets, they don't consider it out of the scope of their diet. So it's really a personal decision, I guess, vegan to vegan, you could say, on who is comfortable eating it or not. But for the most part, they love it. It also has essential vitamins like vitamin B12 that are really hard for people who are fully vegan to get that you get from cricket protein. So we've seen a lot of vegans love it. Of course, plant-based people. And then also just people who eat dairy and full foods like whey and have noticed that once they try human improvement and then try and go back to their whey protein, they feel such a difference in their bloating, energy levels, all that. And so I think it's kind of a mix of all people. And that was kind of the intention is to make a product that's really welcoming for anyone, kind of regardless of their stage of um, diet or health or fitness. And there's a lot of people out there just to who I think are trying to focus or trying to reduce dairy in their diet, Mm -hmm. both from a health perspective, but also a sustainability perspective, but don't necessarily identify as vegan. Mm -hmm. And they sort of feel like there's not a product out there for them. And we've seen a lot of people like that come to us and be like, oh, I, I love this. I love this because it gives me sort of all of the health benefits that I was looking for. And it's just a, a different and innovative product. And as you sort of mentioned earlier, it's a very bifurcated market into what's always been there. You've got whey on one side and you've got plant-based on the other. And the branding sort of sticks with, I would say, their what they consider their target demographic. And you know, on the whey side, it's very male-focused. It's very intimidating. It's all about sort of bodybuilding and getting huge. And on the plant-based side, it's very vegan focused. It's it's definitely very wellness focused. And there's not much, and that's how literally almost all of the brands in both sides speak. And it leaves this massive gap in the middle for people who are looking for products that are going to help them with their day-to-day life. They're going to help them with their workouts, but aren't necessarily, you know, oh, I'm trying to put on 20 pounds of muscle or, oh, I'm not vegan. And we saw that and we're like, wow, this is this massive white space on them like absent of the product side, but also a brand side as a way to speak to consumers. Yeah, totally. Also, can you speak a little bit about what makes it that human improvement is so easily digestible compared to so many other proteins, other than the fact that it's gluten and dairy free, which causes a lot of distress for people? The main thing being, obviously, it's actually the cricket in there which is full of prebiotic fiber. There's actually been some small studies that have done that show that cricket added to the diet can reduce inflammatory markers in the gut. They're obviously small scale, so it's tough to really extrapolate, but the early studies on it are actually really, really exciting. Beyond that, we've also added psyllium husk powder to the product, and that's in, in instead of a lot of the gums that people use in a lot of these products. 
which can often cause gut distress or gut inflammation. We use psyllium husk powder, which is actually the active ingredient in Metamucil. And our product actually per serving has almost as much fiber as many fiber supplements. And then I would say the third step of that is flaxseed, which is like for, for you know a long time has been a homeopathic gut health aid. It's high in omega-3 fatty acids. It's also got uh, a bunch of fiber in it as well. So it's a multi-step product, but the really, the really big thing in it that drives the digestibility in the gut health is the cricket protein. A hundred percent. It's such a unique ingredient compared to the competitive landscape and just has so many, I think, unknown benefits. And so to your guys' point earlier, I think destigmatizing and, and really educating the consumer in a way that's not, you know, like forcing crickets down someone's throat is is super key. Do you see a world where we're we're at cricket-based burgers, cricket-based chicken nuggets? Is that something that you think is coming down the pipeline for for maybe like other companies. And then on on kind of that note, does your product pipeline eventually extenuate outside of protein powder? When you think about some of those items you mentioned, like burgers and nuggets, there's some there's some folks that are doing some great work in that space. We see a bigger opportunity as kind of the gaps between meals to infill. And so that's really what we're focusing our energy right now. If you you can take a big step back of, of really understanding what we're trying to do, we're moving the world to sustainable nutrition. Cricket's part of that, but it's certainly not the only thing we're working on. You know, one of the most sustainable uh, ingredients we're hearing a lot about these days is mushrooms. And so we're very keen to look at that space as well. And, and we've got some, some products that we can't announce quite yet, but that are in the pipeline uh, to come out uh, harnessing some of those uh, functional mushrooms. Very cool. I would ask just one more question on the competitive landscape. What is your point of view on a few companies such as Gainful that have really kind of gained traction, especially I think during COVID, you know, who are really focused on offering personalization when it comes to kind of protein and nutrition? We're big fans of what they're doing. We love the idea of the personalization and we think they're doing a great job call it plain within the lines of the existing industry, basically using the same products and the same ingredients. It's not so much that we think of it as competitors because we think we're doing completely different things. We're much more interested in pushing the boundaries uh, of the the way the industry thinks about ingredients and sustainability and less interested in sort of playing the same game that everyone's been playing for the past 50, 60 years in the protein powder industry. I think we just had a question about, we saw Museum of Smoothies. Could you talk a little bit about this platform and kind of like what you guys are focused on in this room? Yeah, absolutely. I think from the beginning, as we mentioned, we wanted to make sure that this protein powder wasn't seen just for the traditional performance athletes. Like I think it's very normal that a lot of pro athletes get put on the face for these different protein powder brands. Whereas for all of us, like we care about our fitness, we care about our nutrition, but we're not necessarily trying to be LeBron James or Arnold Schwarzenegger. So for us, we wanted to bring together a lot of the voices of people who use and love the product. And that's a combination of music artists like 24K Golden, um, influencers in the wellness space, artists, designers, creatives. So it's really just a mix of a lot of different humans who believe in the product and have made some pretty delicious tasting smoothies with it. And just a way for them to have their voice in the health and wellness space without it being focused on how they look or being a pro athlete. It's much more about just, yeah, humans improving, I think. So we have to ask you guys, what are your go-to smoothie recipes or your favorite way to consume human improvement? Oh my gosh. I'll start with mine. I'm simple. A chocolate 
and a frozen banana is my, is my everyday <laughs> go-to. You have that every morning? Every morning. I'm probably a bit more on the other extreme of things. I love making a multi-step delicious smoothie. So I usually go for our vanilla. I'll do frozen banana, some frozen greens, um, like an almond butter, cacao nibs, and then fresh mint leaves. It's kind of like a mint chocolate chip vibe. And then I think Jason has a good morning one. Yeah. I mean, every morning, it's how I start my day with, I basically go cold brew and shake it up with either chocolate uh, or vanilla, sort of depending on the day. And I find it, it's a great way to start the day and, you know, knock out two things at once with getting my caffeine and my breakfast. That's exactly what I do every morning. It's protein powder plus cold brew. I love it. Going back to the business a little bit. So obviously, you know, you guys, I'm sure have done quite a bit of sales through DTC. Is there places where consumers can commonly find you in retail yet? Is that more of a growing channel? And do you guys see sort of a a path where you start partnering kind of with local, maybe smoothie vendors like a Jama Juice or a Juice Press and, and get your protein in front of that kind of audience in the future? Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, we launched really during COVID. Our, our team came together literally the first week of lockdown. And so it's been interesting. And, and so obviously, you, you guys know the CBG space incredibly well. And so it's been an interesting challenge getting onto shelf. And, and we really built this product to jump off of shelf. So if you see it, obviously the very distinctive packaging lends itself to that. And so now that we're kind of coming out of it, we've got some, some great retail partners. Um, you know, in some of the major cities, we've done some great work with the team at Fast AF. So you can get it in New York, Miami, Los Angeles, or San Francisco in under two hours. And then we've got a number of uh, other retailers coming on board in the natural channel that you guys, you know, all the usual suspect that you guys uh, know and love. So we've partnered with neighborhood goods in the Texas market and now in New York. So you can go in and actually order your high smoothie and they've done a great job. I think that, I think this month is the snickerdoodle using our vanilla. We're working on some more smoothie bar concepts, some of the major metropolitans coming up soon. What does wellness mean to you? What does subscribing to wellness mean to you? Um, that can be what's important to you, whether that be sleep, your diet, your exercise. And we'd love to hear from all three of you. Sure. So for, for me, it's about starting myself with inspiring people, doing great work and keeping balance both physically and mentally. It's a big question. I think for me, wellness, you kind of hit a lot of them as a combination of the physical, mental, spiritual, all of that. And once I think as it relates to nutrition mm-hmm. specifically, for me, wellness is about just eating the cleanest, whole food ingredients and the least number of processed things. So I'm a big farmer's market gal and love to just try and fit in as many whole foods as possible. And for me, I would just say balance is sort of what I view as subscribing to wellness. All of the things you mentioned, it's figuring out the right balance because there's no right or wrong thing for everyone and the right balance is different, but it is, you know, sleep, mental stimulation outside of work, making time for that the right work, the right nutrition, the right balance of working out. And I think too too often people focus on the extremes of those things where it's like, it's either you're all in on this or you're all in on not doing it. When in reality, there's a lot of in between. Being your best self or the, your most well, or let's say your best self, it's not like a step function. You don't get from here's where I am today to get to be my the, your best self. You know, it's a gradual, it's, it's gradual and incremental improvement which is often lost uh, in this Instagram world. And it's you know, making this, the small good decisions on a daily basis that lead to an end goal. And you know, like I said, you know, finding the right balance of all of those things. 
Couldn't agree more. Balance is is the spice of life. If all of us focus on finding that right balance between work and health and exercise and sleep, right? Like that is a great way for us to live the healthiest life possible. We really are a huge fan of human improvement and what you guys are doing with high protein and, and really appreciate each of you taking the time to, to share some information with us today. Likewise, thank you so much for having us. We really enjoyed the conversation and hopefully it was uh, as enjoyable for you guys and educational as it was for us. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to order some high protein, use our 25% off custom promo code SUBTOHIGH, S-U-B-T-O-H-I, SUBTOHIGH. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of week filled with wellness, and we'll see you next time.